Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. That. Cool. Ready, ready to get, ready to yeah. Sink your what do you want to? So guy? what do you want to do first? Did you want to do CFHL? Because I think the around the boards is kind of going to be a little bit longer. So I think we, I think we should start with CFHL. Um, okay. Get get you uh, get you losers out of the way, and then we'll t- <laughs> and then we'll go in and around the boards. God damn it, that did not turn out the way I thought. It actually turned out pretty good <laughs> for me. I got it. I got it. But there, there's there, but there's some small caveats still. Okay. Right? And we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So okay. All right. So check my fanny. We're starting it off with our fantasy league here this week, folks. End of the season. All the crying's <laughs> over. And the Royals come yeah. out on top. What good job, what Scott. Swing. Good job. Gotta say it. Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely, and I gotta echo with the uh, com- Mr. Commissioner, uh, uh, Joel, the uh, the GM of the Apocalypse. He sent out a nice little email there. I want to say about a half an hour ago, congratulating Scott. And again, that was a really, yeah. really big swing. Uh, you know, taking o- taking over a rebuilding team yeah. in 2020, and sitting here, sitting here three yeah. years later, he's champ. Um, for the, the it's the franchise's fourth okay championship. But Scott's sorry, yeah. first as a GM, and and the first for this franchise since two thousand five, two thousand six. So, so, so the fan base has been yes, waiting. All two of them <laughs> has been waiting for sure. Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well so done, Scott. Scott. Well done. That's taken care of. He uh, he's managed <clears throat> to hold everybody off. So, in the last in in the last few weeks, I think probably the most. I mean. And this is probably a little bit biased because I mean I'm involved, but there was no way. Like you know, I remember the last couple of weeks, even the episode I did with Sylvie and or, or the one I did with myself. I was sitting there and I'm just like, okay, well, you know, the the championships out of the question here for me. And I mean, I just don't see the division whatsoever. I mean, again, your brother doesn't no. beat himself, right? Like, like these teams have to have to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Scratch and claw to beat him. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I'm then, you know, in, in all reality, I'm like, there's really no way. Now, you know, that's why you play the games, I suppose. And that's why we go right to the end in our fantasy hockey and you don't cut it off with that's three right. weeks left. <laughs> Your brother had his worst losing streak of the season. Yeah. And it just so happened to be God, the last yeah, three weeks. Of the bad year. timing. Now, I mean, in all reality, I think I kind of got lucky a little bit here. Like my team actually kind of started, you know, actually firing on all cylinders again and i don't think i had a week under 49 points the last six weeks so that helps but i don't know man i, I managed to be able to take it right in the last week here and it was pretty close with you and i too there like honestly you had me all week except for the yeah Friday. basically <clears throat> and it even was then so, it was so t- and even then jeff jeff yep, skinner quite the night jeff skinner have a have a game yeah. bud my and God. I honestly, when, so when I it's and true. when I was looking at the um, at the scores, I wasn't going on our um, the CBS website. I was just looking at the scores, and I saw Devin Tays had had himself quite the night too. So I thought, okay, I'm fine. But then I then I eventually made it onto our our website and saw, oh, 
I didn't trust Devin Tate. I decided to go with Rasmus Anderson, which was a stupid move. I don't know why. I remember the whole week leading up to it thinking, like, I'm going to dress Tays because it's Colorado, and he's not necessarily their one number one D, so I didn't see them sitting him, so I felt safe in, in dressing him and for whatever reason. But it, it, like, it, it doesn't matter. I felt I, I also thought I had a good enough lead, but at the end of the day, uh, it just fell apart at the last minute. So, uh, but you know, you earned it. Uh, kudos to you. And like, it, it's such an interesting way to end the season to yet another interesting full season uh, where everything was so tight and, and whatnot, where you went from like, okay, well, I can't win the championship to you end up winning the division and you're second overall. Like, that's a big, that's a big leap. That's a huge difference between. You know, I'm. We were talking at one point where you were more or less giving up on this. I, w- I don't want to say giving up on the season, but to a lesser extent, um, you felt like your season had sort of run its course, and and you were more or less done. You were always going to oh, dress yeah, a competitive team, but you were fine with the way things were, uh, and it was more or less a, a way of like, well, do I catch up to Marty to make sure I stay in this division? That kind of that was really sort of your focus. But like you said, Joed just. I don't know, like, it, like it just—it's hard to imagine a team with the likes of Kucherov uh, and Vasilevsky and McDavid and Makar um, going on a losing streak at the end of the season the way he did, and uh, ultimately giving it, giving it way, giving way to you and your team. Seventeen eight and one is a great record. Uh, so is sixteen eight and two, um, but nothing tops twenty six and zero. That's. Was that the best the best winning record we've ever had? Twenty six and zero. I want to say that both your brother and myself have actually ended up okay. with more wins okay. in a season. Now, now the caveat the caveat too is we we toggle between like a 25, 26, True. or twenty seven week season. Usually, it's usually anywhere yeah. between those three numbers. So, I mean, you can throw that in there too. But no matter which way you look at it, though, I mean. Scott had a a great year, super, yeah. super consistent, like top scorer in the league. Um, I mean, kudos to him, man. He, yeah, big time. he got the job done flat out. Like, I mean, <laughs> at the end, of, at the end of the day, it isn't even really close. I mean, he's got a two and a half game lead over yeah. me for, for the, 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 the league league. So, you know what? I mean, good on him. Uh, your, your dad had a great season. You know, every, once he made that trade, yeah. he went on a massive run. Um, you were a giant killer in the middle of the season going on about a six or seven game and, and just knocking yeah. off the top teams, <laughs> just one week after another, like it was a gauntlet. Like you were so not looking forward to that. And then you get out of it and you were basically like undefeated in, in like a six week period. So, I mean, lots of, lots of storylines. Um, I mean, of course, uh, the demons and pawn hogs. Uh, are the two teams who will be involved in the yeah. draft lottery this year. Uh, the Demons, Tom, uh, Tom's Demons, this year will end up with the best chances at uh, yeah. nabbing Bedard. But what will be interesting is that Jason yeah. owns every other pick <laughs> that's involved That's involved in the lottery. So it's it's it, it's it's basically a 50-50, but I, Tom yeah. does have a small edge uh, in, in regards to that. Um the other thing that gets pretty interesting too, and it was mentioned in the email your brother sent out earlier today, uh, interesting times for the Brigands, Cougars, Pawn Hogs, and Demons, as they will now be thrown in, their, their names will basically be thrown into a hat, and we'll see if they stick around their divisions, or if they're yeah. going to pull the switch and head to the next, <clears throat> the, 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 uh, the other divisions. So 
lots going on this summer. Um, the hockey summit could be pretty interesting um, in regards to the draft lottery and also the switching of teams. We will yeah. see how that all plays out. But uh, you know what? Flat out, another successful CFHL season. I, I, I'm not even going to say any more than that. Just completely and utterly successful. Like so entertaining from beginning to end. Uh, and honestly, really difficult thing to sort of get a grasp on and say, well, this is definitely what's going to happen. It, it really became kind of a free for all for a little while where between, again, between five, uh, five teams, you know, in the thick of it for the most part. Um, but uh, in the end, I think, in my opinion, I think the Royals winning, we did, we kind of, we didn't, I'm not going to say that we, we did predict it, but I'm not going to say that necessarily the prediction was right because it wasn't, it, it's not like it was given to him. He earned every bit of it. Uh, he had to go through a lot of players or sorry, he had to go through a lot of teams uh, four other teams that were very difficult to contend with. He had six losses, and some of those were to some of the competing te- competing teams. So it was a difficult run for him, for sure. So while we may have at one point said, like you know, this is this is the Royals to lose, um, it didn't. Does it's not to take anything away from what Scott did this year. It was very impressive, and so kudos to him for sure. And what's going to make it, in my personal opinion, what's going to make things even more interesting next year, is I think you have the same five teams that are going to be involved. The kicker is that I do believe wholeheartedly that one of the Cougars, Pond Hogs, or Demons will be a sixth team that will be uh, contending. And that, dude, there is going to be so much player yeah. movement, I think, if we have something like that going on. Because, you know, and, and I mean, there could be some picks involved too, yeah. that kind of thing. But when it comes to those six contending... And, I, I just I just honestly think that it's going to be an absolute arms race, and it, and yeah. it has been the last two years. I mean, look look at the way we we have been so the last two years, in my opinion, and and maybe I'm I'm off, and and uh, and maybe our listeners can you know either most of our listeners <laughs> can let me know if if, if I'm off the, my rocker here, but I I just think the past two years, Marty, like when I say arms race, like. Every single team that's contending is literally, and not just fringe know. players here. Like we're talking, like you know, your Mika Zabinajads, your Alex Tucks. Um, I mean, I could you go down the list here. There were some big names: McKinnon, uh, Braden Point. I mean, th- these were all players that were trying to league this Hello. year. Hello, like, <laughs> can't, can't believe I'm forgetting about Drysaddle. Yeah. He was my big piece. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you you just got to say to yourself, like when, like when is it going to end? And, and like you don't want it to, but it's like there's only so many players that we can go after here, like until like mid season or anytime we can pick up players. But it has been something else to watch the past couple of years for all of those teams contending because it's like it's you, 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 I'll steal a word from you. You kind of said free for all earlier. It's like a free for all for these teams that are wanting to yeah. bulk up. And, you know, and it's not even like. We're, they're not waiting until like end of December, beginning of January, like a couple of weeks before midseason. Like some of these major trades are happening beginning <laughs> of November, mid-November. And like, like it just, you know, it, it's like, okay, like yeah. you couldn't wait just another like month longer. Like everybody's just all over it. They want to position themselves. And it's, it makes, it makes for so many storylines and so much interest league wide. And then you, you start throwing in the teams that are rebuilding 
And there's, of course, you know, Bedard helps <laughs> a little bit to kind of juice kind that of. up this year. But you've got these two teams that are, you know, obviously in a complete and, and utter rebuild. Uh, you know, you got a storyline with Ryan, like he doesn't have a first round pick. So a, a team that's kind of towards the bottom of the standings with a first rounder, like there's a lot of, there's a lot to kind of take in here and, 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 and digest, not just in regards to the year that just happened, but moving forward here, I mean, you know, throwing another caveat in here, the, the apocalypse have two first round picks next year. Um, I believe the Royals don't. The I don't I think yeah, Joel does I think have right. the Royals pick. So I think the Royals may be without a first rounder. Anyway, I mean that can go on and on, but long story short, super successful year in the CFHL. Congrats again to Scott. Congrats everybody on a great uh, a great year. I hope everyone had fun. Uh some teams may not have exactly been where they wanted to be, but hey, next year is and another that, year. And you so had touched on it a little bit. I, I do think next year is gonna be scary because I do think your demon pawn hogs and cougars. Yeah, man. I think all three of them have the capacity to be a lot closer to 500 clubs, which means more yeah. losses for everybody else, which puts us all more or less on the same playing field. Which means, like you were talking about earlier, like people were making trades in November or December, or you know, and, and it was big name players. Like you're gonna people, have to draft well, better. You're gonna have to draft better. You'll have to draft better. Are 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 going to be. You know, kind of like in the other pool, the the Kempfield pool that we're playing, where you you pick a player from every team once a month, and whatever happened the next month, you can't pick the same player. Well, in that strategy where you need to develop a lead nice and early because it's easier to create that lead than it is to yeah. catch up to it. Well, I think you're going to see a little bit of that in our league next year, where I think that's kind of where you saw it this year, where people were doing stuff like that, making trades nice and early, big names, and all kind of things. Mm -hmm. Because if you wait too long. You've got too many games to make up, and you're just going to run out of time because you can you can lose if you lose the first let's say four weeks in a row, and you wait until the fifth week to make a move. Well, those four weeks could cost you the whole season because everybody's winning every week, or everybody's there's always there's always another team to contend with. If it's not the one who's above you, then it's the one below you who's now overtaking you, and it's every team. And I think next year it's literally going to be every, all eight of us. We're all going to be hovering near 500, and that's going to be considered a winning record. I, I could not agree more with you in regards to that statement. Like our pool, the way the way it's built, and the way that you draft at at the beginning of the year, you have your team, your your 23 plus your two future stars, and the next time that you can accrue players or or nab players yeah. is the mid season. Now, yes, we do have trades, so there it's not null and void that you can't get your hands on anybody. You can make a trade, but I fully agree with you, Marty. The, the way our league is built, you want to get off to a hot start at the beginning of the year because, you know, fast forward to mid season. Now everybody's able to rejig yeah. and strengthen all of their. So, so you, the way I've always looked at it is if let's say, and anything can happen in the second half, somebody can go. So it's not like this every year. But if you can get that lead, and let's say you have a two or three game yeah. lead at midseason, okay, everybody gets to rejig, but yeah. so do you. Well, it's funny. You said two or three games. You So Scott only won by two and a half games. And this was against someone who needed to win you. Sorry, uh, beating me, had you lost the week before? 
Well, I, I had I went on a six game winning streak to end the year. Okay, so from the beginning, so of you Mar- needed a six game. Yeah, you needed a six game winning streak to get to catch up to the division, and still Scott after a six game. Although Scott, I think, ended the season with a what was it a twelve game winning streak? No, I, it was seven, well, it was seven, pretty close. Seven, games. seven. There you go. So you see, he needed to go on a seven game win streak while you went on a six game win streak, and Scott still only won by two and a half games. That's how close everything is. It, it's listen. I, and, and and you got to look at it like, I mean, the best way I can put it is Scott drafted extremely, extremely well um, at the entry draft. I mean, his, yes. His, oh, God, yeah. His goaltenders, I mean, Vanacek, yeah. he's got a 40-win goaltender in Georgiev. He Georgiev had Jari. Now, I mean, Jari didn't exactly have yeah. the greatest of years. But when you start jostling things around, now you've got Jari as a third goaltender. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Can understand that. Yeah. So I mean, he he was yeah. in good shape, and, and to me, it was this. It was the consistency all year. Like I mean, this guy would have had yeah. what? I think it would have ended up being like a fourteen or fifteen game win streak had you not cut it in half there in the middle. Had, yeah, one. Yeah. So it, so it's just like when when you have a team that's that consistent throughout the whole year. Now you're start. It's like yeah. where where am I grabbing the man games from? Like where where am I catching up? He's not losing. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, I could go on a fourteen game streak, but if he went on a fifteen game streak, it means nothing. So it <laughs> it, it, it can it yeah, makes, exactly it makes it so interesting that way that you know if you and again I I firmly believe if you can get off to a hot start, you're really really helping yourself uh, as long as you don't have any big hiccups in the second half of the season or, or furthermore in a mid season draft. Um, I yeah. mean, you know, and I'll use myself as an example. I, I thought I had a, an extremely poor uh, mid season draft. I, I really do from not only from the guys that I, I grabbed, uh, but the guys that I let go to grab those players. I, yeah. I think I completely went in the wrong direction. I mean, to the point where I, I feel like my, uh, my the big piece that I that I'm happy about from midseason is Dustin Wolf. I mean, to me, oh, that, that's yes. that's my best piece coming out of it. Yeah, you got Travis connecting, but the guy was injured for basically half of the second half of the year. So yeah, it didn't work out. You know, and and did that cost me? Perhaps, who knows? Yeah, who knows? maybe. I mean, but it, it only re yeah, it only reinforces what you're saying though is. You need to you need to draft right both entry and mid. So you need to you need to know what your holes are um, and, and go directly after them. And if you start, I have the tendency to get swayed by pretty colors. So if I'm in the midseason draft and I see, um, as an example, if I see well, although this this is maybe a bad example. Let's say you know midseason draft, I see a Ryan Nugent Hopkins who was available versus a defenseman who was really that the D was one of my biggest weaknesses. Um, I went for the shiny thing in Nugent Hopkins instead of going after the defenseman, uh, but it ended up working out for me. I did end up getting the defenseman down the road, anyways. But all that to say is you need to be careful because one little one little you know mistake at the entry could literally cost you a championship in this league or you know in my case in fact it even dropped me down to uh i went from like potentially being third in the in the league and i got dropped down to i believe it was fifth so it's it's a big jump so yeah you gotta you gotta know your stuff this is a hard league to win in um i'm i'm a perfect example (laughs) perfect example and the thing of it is is you know 
if I'm using my own team as an example, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about picking the players kind of at the at the right times and and yeah, you know, at where you need to. I mean, here I am mm-hmm. grabbing Marc Andre Fleury with the eighth overall, yeah. the eighth overall pick, the last pick in the first round. Dude, that did nothing for me. <laughs> the, no. the, the the value that I should have gotten with that pick, eighth overall, like, yeah. it, it, you know, everything's all well and good at the start of the season. You know, like I think we could we could all agree that the the, the biggest goaltending prize would have been Mark Andre Fleury at that point. Yep. But, but can you imagine how perhaps I'm not saying that it actually would have made the difference. But can you imagine my team now with Alex Georgiev, a 40-win goaltender, oh. instead of Marc-Andre Fleury? I, again, yeah. Again, you'd have to do everything with a fine-tooth comb, go over all the weeks and find out how many points Georgiev got per week. I mean, it, it, it may not have made a difference in regards to would I beat Scott? I don't know. Now, uh, Scott actually has that goaltender, so you, I would have taken those points away from him, so to speak. But that would help too. Irregardless, <laughs> like you say, Marty, it's super, super uh, important you, to draft right, uh, both at midseason and that entry draft. It, it can really uh, catapult you uh, at both times of the year to, to get, have a great start and also to kind of give you that, that great push to start off the second half of the year too. And again, just to kind of ward off those teams that are maybe making a little bit of a run at you, you know, if you're sitting in first or second place in the league, you know, you're, you're trying to, uh, trying to hold them off. If you can kind of get off to a great start in the second half too, you know, once everybody's kind of pumped up their, their rosters, you're looking, you're putting yourself in a great position. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Um, Okay. I'm, I need to, I want to get into playoff hockey. We're done. We're done with CFHL. I need to talk playoff because <laughs> there's this is here we go this is this is the meat and potatoes of it right here folks this is the pork chop let's go actually no it's not a pork chop it's a sirloin baby okay um <laughs> eastern conference do you want to see and we're yeah. going to start off with t-bay in toronto aren't we yeah because we because all right because <laughs> we touched on it uh two weeks ago um i hope everybody got a chance to watch that video if not uh, definitely give it a look at it because it was an honest moment between mike and i and i was happy to i was happy to po- post it because it was it was funny but listen this is toronto tampa right off the bat right off the bat i'm just gonna say my heart goes out to you toronto fans i know a lot of the toronto fans are like oh you know this is a different team and and you know we're actually i think even cooper uh the coach out of tampa bay he even said like this the toronto's turned themselves into a defensive juggernaut i believe it was the quote um and, and that may very well be true um but i don't cooper for example cooper's not necessarily the kind of coach to come out and say we're a much better team than they are that kind of thing so i wouldn't expect anything less so to me that's neither here nor there what i'm gonna <laughs> what i'm gonna say is that to me this is a make or break year for Matthews and Marner, I guess, and company. You could kind of throw that in. Um, like they've been here before. They know what it takes to win. And if it's not this year, I think we'll see some major changes in this club. But And yes, there's a massive hole in nets, 100%. So there's something to consider there. Although I, I do, I have faith in Samsonov. I do believe he can be that guy. I think... If Toronto has any amount of success, I think it results in Samsonov re-signing in Toronto 
semi long term, like I'm thinking maybe two or three years kind of thing, or if things go really well, then he'll get even longer. But I do think he is the right goalie for them. Uh, I do think even in this situation, I think it's fine. Um, but let's be real here. If Matthews and Marner can't figure out a way to get through Tampa's defense and, and puncture a hole in Vasilevsky, th- I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how we're not sitting here. Um, I don't want to say laughing, but to a degree <laughs> laughing about the fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be ousted in the first uh, first round again, it, especially considering, and a friend of mine pointed this out, and it's very true, um, Tampa has had the luxury of a bit of a break here. And because towards the end of the season, while Vasilevsky was playing really well, the team as a whole started to look pretty slow and sluggish. They were... They, they started to show that they were a little bit tired. So the benefit of this break for them, now they come out and they face Toronto, is there going to be an unfairness there? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, guys. You know, pull up your boots, straps, whatever it is. I don't know what the saying is. Just get out there and play uh, and make it happen. Don't look for excuses. Go out there and earn that. And I, I'm sorry, but I, to me, it's on Matthews and Marner. Matthews, it was a disappointment to me this year, uh, even though he had relatively good numbers. Um, I find that this year, those two especially need to lead the way, need to lead the charge. I like the, I like the addition of Riley. Um, I like, uh, JT still doing JT things. Um, they've got overall a good enough team. And, but we've said all of this before. Everybody about Toronto have said this before. This is a different club and I like what I'm seeing. They're regular seat that the, all that. They had the best season in their entire career, in their entire uh, existence last year, and that's Toronto's an original sixteen. That's a couple of games. That, that's a lot of history to go through there. And last year was the year they had the best regular season ever, and you got ousted in the first round. It means nothing. So, you know, put up or shut up, Matthews and Martin. And I'm lo- I'm looking straight at them and saying that, and I do believe the pressure should sit with Listen, them. Listen, I mean, these two teams can't be any closer together. I mean. <laughs> Going over some numbers really quickly here. Offensively, Toronto's ninth in the league, T-Bay's eighth. Defensively, Toronto's seventh, T-Bay's 14th. They're second and third in power play, with Toronto being second. They're 12th and 15th in penalty kill, Toronto being 12th. So, like, I won't go over the actual numbers themselves, but this is a pretty close series. Now... In regards to the actual numbers, the metrics part of it, it is leaning towards Toronto. And Toronto did have the better season. Uh, probably played more consistently, in my, if I'm t- to be honest yeah. with myself. Here's the issue. <laughs> you have not been able to get over the hump. Okay? Yeah. The pedigree that the Tampa Bay Lightning bring to the... And, and listen, before I go any further, yep... T-Bay's four and six in their last 10. And I think Toronto was like seven, one and two in their last 10. I, yep. Like everything is kind of saying Toronto. Yep. But to me, the pedigree of the Tampa Bay Lightning is, is what is doing it for me. On top of that, Vasilevsky yeah. versus whatever the Leafs are throwing out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean... And, and I'll, I'll even go as far as this. And, and this isn't like the T. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a dick about this. I'm just being honest. If if there was ever a time that the Leafs were going to beat the Lightning, it, you have to make it this year. Because I will say this about T. Bay. 
like they'd be primed to lose this series. This could be the the time. I mean, long long runs. I mean, we, Toronto's the better team. The numbers show that. It should all be kind of Toronto, but it, it should for me. Th- this unfortunately is is a situation where you got to show it to me first. Okay. Yeah. Normally, if Toronto normally if Toronto wouldn't have all the, all of the bad history behind playoffs, yeah. and, and and it was just kind of like these two teams, and you know you really wouldn't be able to go off of how long Toronto hasn't made it past first round, all of this stuff, and mm-hmm. the, you know the, the collapse to Boston and everything, the, the whole all, yeah. all of the past for, for the Leafs here in the past twenty years. If that was all gone, I think we could honestly say to ourselves here, Marty, that Toronto should take this series. Yep. But but. They need to get over the mountain and they need to show me first for me to say, you know what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about the Leafs in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> now I, now I've got some gusto to pick you. Nah. But until then, until then I can't do it. No, I can't do it. And I'm going T Bay in seven. Yeah. I'm even giving the Leafs that much credit. Yeah, I'm going T Bay. That much. I'm going T Bay in six. And, it, and it's just for the sheer fact that it's, it's this beast that exists in their minds, which is the first round. They've all, they've all, more or less, they've all been a part of it. Everyone's aware of it too. If even if, like as an example, Ryan O'Reilly got traded into that, he knows what he's coming into. And I do have faith in all of the players and all the pieces that they've got. Yes, absolutely. But again, it, it was said every year prior. It was like a, I'm to a uh, to a nauseum point. Where even again last year with the year that they had best season ever, and they got ousted in the first round. So until, like you said, until they're able to show that they can do it, I'm gonna believe that they can't. Just because it's this thing that exists now. It's 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 like um, it's almost you can almost feel it. You it's can, in the ether. It's, in, it's, it's right, right, right there. there, and you can taste it, and it tastes like shit. It's bitter, but it's <laughs> truth. <laughs> Like it's, it's Toronto in the first round. It is what it is, man. And, and, and you know what? I will say this. If the Leafs win this series, it's not going to be done in game seven. You got to do that in game six, man. Uh, Like you cannot, I just feel if it goes, if this goes to a game seven, Toronto's done, (laughs) done. It's it's, it's just so over. So that's all all I'm going to say about this series. Sorry, Leafs fans. I don't think so. You drew the short end of the stick. (laughs) You drew the short end of the stick again. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. Next Next year. Next year, for sure. Moving on. Uh, Boston and Florida. So, yeah. Like, to be honest with you, this could easily go in either direction. It could either be the most obvious of obvious, Boston wins. In fact, I've got Boston in five. um, But it could be that Florida massively upsets. Um, a team with so much talent, best regular season record in the history of the NHL. This is Boston. Uh, goaltending like you've never seen before. Although I hear there's a bug going through the, the entire team. Uh, Allmark, mm-hmm. I believe, is out. Swayman was... Oh, he did participate in the morning skate today. So it looks like he will be all right. Uh, they've got grit. They've got scoring prowess. Uh, defensive shutdown ability. All of it. Uh, I don't know how one actually gets past the Bruins, to be honest. The, this team is just built for the cup right now. Like, it's theirs to lose as far as everyone's concerned. Um, but they're running into a team that... Hot. 
Florida's hot. They're so hot right now. Playing. They're at the right time, right? Like going into it at such a good time. Marty, for a them. couple of months ago, we were talking about it and we were like, Jesus, is Florida, like, you know, is Florida going to, you know, here I am fucking happier than a pig in shit, two picks in the, in the top fifth. Anyway, it doesn't end up being that no. way. But here we, here we are, and they've been playing playoff hockey for easily two, two and a half months now. Yes. To get yeah, in. Yeah, you're right. So, so full, fully agree with you. Like, th- this is, this is no Boston sweep, not by a long shot, not by a long no. shot. I've got Boston in six, and that has a lot to do with the gumption that I think that the Panthers are going to play with here. I mean, you got your usual suspects, you know. Your your uh, Ekblad's on the back end. You got Montour, tur- you know, rounding in the form. Uh, you got Barkov up front, um, Kachuk. But you know, it's players like a Carter Verhage, and we've been, oh, man. you know, I've been kind of, I've been kind of all over this guy the past few weeks here. Like the quietest forty goals you've ever seen in your yeah. life. Like th- there's just something right now about the Panthers, yep. and I don't know how to kind of quantify it into words, but. You've got Boston that's basically been on easy street since like the 15th of December. Yep. Uh, you got Florida who's been basically, you know, scratching and clawing their way to a playoff spot till basically the last two or three games, yeah. maybe last game. Yeah. So, you know what? You got to give it to them. They're running into a juggernaut, like you said. And I, I do think Boston takes care of business. I mean, with the way they played this year, you know, you're talking about showing me. Well, they showed me all right. Like the best regular season ever in NHL history. I do think Boston takes this in a relatively easy, but the Panthers are going to be a little bit of a thorn in their side. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I mean, you know, and and going over the numbers really quick, offensively, they're a little bit closer than you would, you would think. Uh, Boston's second offensively in the league, Florida sixth. Uh, obviously the defensive end is where things are really, really going to have a difference here. Uh, Boston is, of course, first in the league defensively. Florida, 21st. When it comes to power play, Florida actually does have a better power play. But you know what? I think that has a lot more to do with, you know, rest here, a little bit of a rest there for guys like a Krejci and a Bergeron. You know, uh, um, uh, Marchand wasn't with them the the whole year, and neither was McAvoy. So I don't know if I'm reading too much into that power play. I still think that Boston can whip that thing around and do some damage there too. And then you start going over to the penalty kill, and Boston's first there. Florida's 23rd. So you can see it's that those defensive metrics aren't really shown too well for the Panthers, no. but you know what? It, it, it disappointing year for the Panthers overall, but they're in. Uh, you know, you can take solace that you had a great second half. Hopefully, they can build towards that next year. Yeah. But I do think this will be, you know, semi quick, and I think Boston will take care of business. Could you imagine if Florida does actually come out on top? Because I, I do think that if Florida can beat out Boston, I think that at that point there. You're gonna have you're well, gonna have to step back and go. Well, hold on a second here. Florida is a lot more dangerous than they were last year when they even when they won the Presidents Cup or trophy last year. Well, I mean, the, the thing for the Panthers right now, I think, is the goaltending, yeah. right? Like, I mean, Bobrovsky's kind of you know had a bit of the I don't know if it's the flu or some sort of illness here the past week week and a half. Thankfully, Alex Lyon has been you know standing on his head. Yeah. And, and has gotten these, this team into the playoffs. And and I will say, if they don't give Lyon the first game in the playoffs, that's travesty. He's the guy who got you there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. $10 million Bobrovsky. Sorry, dude. 
you went on a run, you put him in the net. Now, short leash, if, <laughs> if he has a bad first game, you go right to Bobrovsky yeah, yeah. and you get right back to, to the norm. But suffice it to say, I if if Florida pulls off an upset, I could honestly look you in the eye, Marty, and say, I'm not surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened. I don't think it's going to no. happen. But if a week and a half we're sitting here and we're doing our, our episode 25 and Florida's into the second round, I, I will say it right now, that would not surprise me. And if, and, and if nothing else, it has to do with the mileage that is on that Bruins team. Yes, I think I think they've solved a little bit of that issue with bringing in guys like Zach over the past couple of years. You brought Lindholm in on the back end. So it's not all McAvoy, right? And it's not all the big three. Right. You got Taylor Hall in there who can do some damage as well. I think they're buffered nicely. I think they can cover that now. But I, I will say, I mean, if Kachuk starts running around... That's what I'm thinking. And everything that... Mo- yeah. And... and, and that, like it, it will be interesting to see the tactic that the Florida Panthers use. Like a, they're, they're a quick team. They're just as quick as Boston, yep. if not quicker. Yep. We can honestly say that. And if, you know, if these guys start getting physical, I'm not saying Boston can't handle it. I'm just saying if, if Krejci gets smacked a yeah. couple of times, He's out. Florida's got Bergeron. Is it Florida's got like, a lot more body to throw around uh, than than Boston does? Like, let's say if you were to quantify it, Florida's got fifty hits in them, whereas Boston's got twenty five. Like, I at the end of the day, Florida's just younger and can outlast them, but Boston has the the ability to savvy. To, yeah, exactly. They've got hockey iq up the wazoo like nuts so yeah. florida is gonna if they're gonna do this it's gonna be on the backs of in my opinion it's gonna be on the backs of kachuk playing his literal heart out it's gonna be physicality and it's gonna be physical. well i also believe i also believe that if i know that lion's been the guy for for the for the the more recent run run but before lion was there um at one point spencer knight i got sent to the player assistance program and Bobrovsky kind of had to take over completely because there really wasn't a backup option <clears throat> and he actually came through pretty well actually not pretty well very well his numbers were outstanding they were closer to his I'm not going to say Vesna numbers but they were closer to what we're used to seeing out of Bobrovsky if he can get that back because I as much as Lyon is the guy that might start the game or not I do still think it lies with Bobrovsky. If Bobrovsky can play the way we know he can and can chuck and contribute the way we know he can, both of them basically just playing hearts out, then this series can go in a different way. But in the end, I think we'll all come back down to reality and we'll see Boston. I got Boston in five, I think, in the end. And there's just too much There's too much savvy there. There's too much IQ for them to, to just sort of to, to lose it. Um, but like you said, if we're here next week and we're talking about it, it's not going to be overly surprising. Absolutely not. Now, what will be surprising is the way we decided to go in the next series. Oh yeah. Because we are completely, Mike, completely different. You're drunk, Mike. No, (laughs) no way, man. I'm Hey, listen, and, and, and and I'll even get into it right away here. Listen, guys, we're talking about Carolina 
And we're talking about the New York Islanders. Now, it may be my little bias, my little loving. I, I will start off by saying that it, qu- it quite possibly could be. But I'm all in on the New York Islanders and them doing it in seven games. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why. Kind of like Florida. I mean, this is a team that's been scratching and clawing here for easily the past two months. Carolina, on the other hand, has had to deal with losing Sveshnikov. They can't, they can't seem to have a goaltender play more than three games in a row. <laughs> um, the offense, although the offense didn't dry up, but it's not singing the finest tune. If you get my drift, they're, they're, they're a little bit, they're a little bit off kilter. I think this Feshnikov injury certainly hurt, uh, uh in my person and, and I saw it, he's on my fantasy team. Yep. It hurt Sebastian Alvo big yep. time, big time to the point where this guy, I think cost people's their championship in their, in their fantasy playoffs because he just really did nothing kind of the last three weeks, yeah. maybe a little splash at the end there at the last week, but he, he, he was off kilter. He didn't have exactly the season that we were expecting. Uh, like I say, Sveshnikov, you know, out the year, uh, a physical guy, uh, big shot, uh, just a big body, a, a big playoff body that they're not going to have in the lineup. Okay. Um, you know, on an, on an overall, Carolina should be taking this series. But I just, I, I don't know. I just, I have this feeling about the Islander. If, if New York can steal a game in Carolina and they go back to USB, uh, UBS Arena, that th- I, I, that's, listen, I'm a huge Habs fan. Bell Center can be rocking. But there is nothing, nothing like those Islanders fans during playoff hockey. All game long. So listen. Again, I started off by saying this could be a small loving with my Islanders, but I'm behind them, baby. All right, I'm. You should them. be. Somebody seven be. games, man. <laughs> seven games, and and they totally have the goaltending match. Absolutely one. Yeah. No questions. Yeah, you're right. No questions. Absolutely right. Um, listen, I'm happy to hear that you're saying that the way you're describing why you chose New York in seven is at least to some degree, you're saying I got a feeling because I I don't, I'm not, I can't dispute that. I can't argue against sometimes you just have a feeling feeling and it ends up being right. Yeah. So I can't argue against that. But what I will say is that the other pieces you're talking about were like their Carolina's got some, some pieces missing or, and it affected the rest of what. All you're doing essentially is dwindling Carolina down to what the Islanders are. So, but for me, in my opinion, there's still too much skill offensively on that. Brent Burns can win you a game against the Islanders. He's 38 and he had 18 goals this year. My point is, is that there's more than enough talent to go around on every line in Carolina to be able to manhandle the Islanders. The Islanders have... And it's and it was shown the second who went down, Matthew Barzal. They've got one way and one way only to score, and that is through Matthew Barzal. After that, they got no answer. So to me, 
It's it's not even remote. It's not even remotely close. It's Carolina in five, because at the end of the day, um, I I would imagine at some point the Islanders are going to win a game just because of Sorokin. I have to believe. I do believe in that because he is that kind of a goalie. He is absolutely that 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 quality of a goalie. Um, but I also believe that Carolina has somewhat of a secret weapon in nets. And uh, in one in Peter uh, Kochetkov, I still can't pronounce his last name. Kochetkov. We're just going with Peter. Um, and uh, I believe they and they just called him up because um, I know Frederick Anderson is probably going to get the call. Um, Anti Ranta is there as well. Um, but in the end, I think it, it, you'll see something flip pretty quickly, and Peter will end up stealing the show. Peter's got kind of. Uh, J.S. Jaguar vibes to me. Uh, and even though they ended up losing the cup, he still ended up with the MVP. Like he gives me, off, he gives off that kind of vibe for this season, anyway. So Carolina, at the end of the day, they've got more offensive, bo- uh, both on forward and on defense. And in goalie, they've got someone who can absolutely steal the show if need be. But overall, Carolina is just a better team. They're the, the more complete team. And um, at least you went Islanders in seven. Not like Islanders well, and I mean, five or something. But, uh... It's certainly going to be interesting seeing how this all plays out, especially with the way we decided to go with this series. Mm-hmm. We totally see it kind of differently. Yeah. Hey, this is the, the this is the the interesting part of the season. Yes. This is where it all. This is where it all. Like, you're either you either win or go home. Like this is it here. So yeah, you put your best foot forward. I think the Islanders can. I think the Islanders can get it done. Carolina should be taking no. the series, but I, I don't know, man. No. I don't know, man. No. I just I I got a I got a feeling. Yeah, well, a, you had a feeling about the Calgary Flames making back. the playoffs, but whatever. <laughs> I also had a feeling about the Edmonton Oilers not making the playoffs, and look at that turned out. Yeah, so, anyway, that's working out pretty maybe good. We preface this. Maybe we should have prefaced this whole prediction show by saying, "Yeah, this is we all suck at going this. to be wrong." <laughs> Yeah, now, go to the opposite of what we're now, saying. Having having said that, although yeah, <laughs> now you want to talk about a fifty fifty series like this? Oh this God. is the fifty fifty series right here, right oh, now. Jeez, l- let's just get it out of the way. Let's get let's okay. get it out of the way. I'm picking the Rangers in seven games. Yep. Marty, what do you got? I think I think Rangers in seven. <laughs> it's like that's right, <laughs> seven. But hey, listen, I mean, this is going to be, I think. I think this may be the best series of the first round. Oh uh, yeah, I I, think th- so. I I I think this has. I mean, you know, we we could we could go over some others, and there there's some other interesting matchups. Sure. But I don't know, man. Like kind of back and f- I, I just see this as being a pretty big back and forth series. Like I could yeah. see some five three games, uh, you know, six three six four games. Uh, you know, irregardless of of Shosturkin being involved, I just I mean the the Devils had such a great year yeah. of possession hockey. Like, it seemed like this team had the puck forever. Anytime I was watching any of their games, just, I, I mean, Christ, you're going to score a lot when you have the puck a lot. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that that's something that's def- that the Rangers are definitely going to have to. And the Rangers play, a sim- like, this is kind of a mirror series a little bit, right? Like, these two teams kind of play the same. I would say maybe... Maybe the Rangers have a bit more defensive structure, but I mean that's now you're starting to kind of nitpick more than anything else, yeah. right? So, I, I mean, I don't know. To me, 
the, what it really came down to for me is Shesterkin. Yeah. And, and, and how I think, you know, not only is it, is it an advantage, but I mean, you're talking about a, a Vesna trophy winner here. So for, for me, that kind of gave me the edge a little bit. Yeah. This is no slight to the devils whatsoever. This is, you know what devils fans, if you want to look at it this way, this is kind of the step one of being a, a massive contender. Yeah. Uh, over the next over the next coming years here, yeah, I mean, the Rangers went to the conference finals. They've been there. They kind of have, uh, you know, they, they know what it takes. Not that not that the Devils don't. Just um, I've always been kind of that. You know, you got to kind of take your baby baby steps to get there, yep. right? Uh, I mean, e- even way back when when uh, Columbus um, uh, swept uh, uh, the Lightning. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, that year that they had like sixty wins. It, 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 that was the year before they won their first cup. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, you know, that feeling stuck with them the whole time, right? Like, I think that could be a, kind of the same deal for the Devils here. That. But again, no no slight to them. Uh, you know, this is kind of a, a gimme series. You really could go either way. I th- I, I'm i just kind of leaning a little bit towards that goaltending in Shesterkin, and th- that's why I'm kind of going with the Rangers in seven. I go with the Rangers in seven just because of their midseason acquisitions. I do think that they're... they're it's funny to two big, big moves. Well, big moves, big yeah. moves. And it's funny too because at the time I was like, I'm not a, I don't believe in this uh, Patrick Kane necessarily. Because, but it was that was more about the hype of it, how quickly people were like, well, Stanley Cup favorites. And I was like, no, relax. Like, there's a lot of good teams in the NHL, man. And Patrick Kane isn't going to show a 36 year old Patrick Kane isn't going to show up and win you the cup. I'm not suggesting that he can't either. Um, but I think for this series, those midseason acquisitions are a big deal, enough to win you a series at the very least. Um, I think they've had enough time to gel together. I think when you got Panarin and Zibanejad and Fox, like we haven't talked about Fox yet, um, this team is stacked. Um, oh, yeah. So I, so are, but so, are, so is New Jersey. And, and we've got some players having career years, um, even like, like Dougie Hamilton had 22 goals this year on defense to, you know, counter your, your Fox. So there's really tit for tat on this. That's why it's in seven, right? Like we're saying Rangers in seven, which means it could easily be New Jersey in seven. So I don't know that there's a clear path. Um, I don't know that there's a clear reason why one wins over the other. I think at the end of the day, it's just someone's got to win. So one team is going to score one more goal than the other, and that's going to be the difference, and that's it. Um, so yeah, so I that's why I'm sticking with, and plus I like the Rangers, so <laughs> that's why I'm picking them. Well, I mean, about <laughs> the only other thing I I could probably say that the Rangers might have a little bit of an advantage on uh, um, in regards to this series would probably be their their defensive core, their their top six. I think they're probably a little bit deeper um, than the Devils overall, front one to six. I mean, when you start, you know, you got Fox there, you got Condre Miller, yeah, you got Miller, Truba, yeah. you got uh, um, when they picked up uh, Tarasenko, they picked up that big Hulk and blue liner, Miko uh, Mikola. Oh, that's right. So, you know, you've got, you know, uh, uh, Braden Schneider, I think's out there too. So, I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of guys, like if they get run into some injuries, they're pretty well set up where maybe the New Jersey isn't as much. Uh, they're just not as deep, but uh, again, like I just I want to point out, this is no slight to the Devils whatsoever. It's just kind of you know this is the next step in your evolution. You know you're going to push a a, a an Eastern uh, powerhouse. 
maybe not a powerhouse, but an, an, East, an elite Eastern an elite team, team yeah. to a seven-game series yeah. in the first round. Uh, nothing to sneeze at. You had a great year, a uh, great turnaround for the franchise. So, again, 50-50, kind of a, a pick'em series. But, you know, I think the Rangers will be able to make their way out of this series and, and move on to the second round. Yeah. So, we'll see how it all plays out. But don't worry, New Jersey. I mean, b- better day, even even better days ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're not done. This is just the beginning for them. So, um, yeah, uh, feel happy that you're where you're at. Don't feel satisfied, but feel happy. Um, and then just look forward to the future because yeah, this team looks phenomenal, uh, top to bottom. So yeah, nothing, to, nothing. And who's, who's kidding who again, uh, we're talking about a seven game series, Rangers and seven, New Jersey could be the just as much of the winner uh, as the Rangers are. So fuck, what you the know hell do we know? Gonna, probably not much. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna review this there once the playoffs are over, and I don't think it's gonna be pretty. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Except for my Islanders pick and seven. Oh no. Except for that Islanders pick. That's good. That's good. Good stuff. Bullshit. Before we get we move on to the Western Conference, though, we will take a second and uh, get a uh, a small little break in here. Uh, so that our we can get a word in from DraftKings, our sponsors. The NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, and we're back. Oh, On to... The Western Conference, my friend, now, and the first yes. series we're going to get into, Man. and you know, listen, I, I I love the series first and foremost, Colorado and Seattle. Yeah, Colorado, you're defending Stanley Cup champions. Yep. Seattle, second year in the league. Jeez, Bingo, Cinderella Bango, story in the Hello. playoffs. Yep. Hey, by the way, by the way, looking over some of the numbers, like you know, with the season done and everything, yeah, yeah. kind of check a few things. Hey. 100-point season for the Seattle Kraken, man. Well done. 100-point season. Yeah, absolutely. Holy jeez. Like, don't... You could, you could nitpick wherever you want yeah. in regards to metrics and everything else. Hey, listen. Seattle in the playoffs, second year in existence, 100-point season. Man. Thank you kindly. Franchise looks Matty good. Matty Beneers. Oh, my God. Have yourself a year, Especially buddy. Especially the way he ended. Shane Wright uh, on the yeah. way. Jeez. Like, dude, like, th- this is... Like, thing, you know... Things are, are great in Seattle right now, man. Like you yeah. gotta be happy if you're a Kraken fan. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Now you you won't be with my prediction. No. Which is which is Colorado in a sweep. Oh, that's mean. Oh. <laughs> well, listen. Accurate, but Ian, mean. sorry. <laughs> yeah, Ian. Ian, you know who you yeah. are. Sorry, my friend. It's yeah. nothing. It's not to be a dick. It's just being honest. A little bit. I, I, I do think bit. that Colorado can take, well, maybe a little. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I do think Colorado can kind of handle this pretty quickly. Yes. And yeah, and yes. I mean, I- I'm saying Colorado in four, but in all, it could very well. You could easily give Seattle a game here for sure. Uh, I just think what it comes down to for me, and, and you know, I tend to lean on this a fair bit. It's goaltending again for me, Marty. Yeah. 
Like we talked about this halfway, well, halfway through. We talked about it a quarter way of the way through, halfway through, three quarters of the way through when it came to Seattle and their goaltending. We weren't really sure how they were doing it, and hence the reason why I was surprised when I saw that they had a 100-point season. Uh, that goaltending was just not good. <laughs> like it just no. it wasn't the best, but but they were able to score. Hey, my team scored more than your team, and I think that's kind of – the story of the Seattle cracking a little bit this year. Yeah. They they were, I mean, held Christ. They were fourth offensively in the league at 289 goals. So this is a team that can score. I just think that you're running into Oof. some, someone that can score just as well. And in my personal opinion, better than you, <laughs> even though the, 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 the actual numbers do not show that for the year. No, Colorado's tied for 10th for goals for, Keeping in mind, you haven't had your captain all year, and there were some injuries throughout the year to your star players. Yep. Having said all of that, having said all of that, I do think this comes back to the goaltending. Georgiev with a 40-win season. He is exactly, exactly what the Colorado Avalanche need. Kind of a Stuart Skinner, Edmonton Oilers kind of thing. Mm. Offense is going to take care of itself. That's going to yeah. dominate. Yeah. I just need you to save the puck every once in a while. Yeah. And, and... Georgiev did more than that. 40-win season. No no qualms there. I just think that Colorado's equipped to take care of business here in the first round, and I don't think it's even close. Well, and there's a big piece to all this is that Colorado did it last year. They know what it takes. Not to suggest that Seattle doesn't. They've got some players who have actually been around for a little while, and they've been part of some Stanley Cup winning teams, actually Andre Burakovsky being one of them just last year. But that means nothing to this club. Colorado is just too talented up and down to be upset at, on any level. Um, I don't disagree that the, the potential for a sweep is absolutely there. I give Colorado in five. I'll give Seattle one game because of just because of the way they ended the year. I feel that they ended it strong. Even though the back half from, from January on the back half wasn't necessarily their best hockey. Their better hockey was before uh, the calendar year turned over. Um, but they still have great pieces that work very well together, and there's the potential for them to take one game. Um, whether they take one game because Colorado made a mistake and they beat themselves, or Seattle goes in and earns it, it doesn't matter. One way or another, I think there's one game at least in Seattle gives them enough fire for next year, but there's no chance in hell for this team to come anywhere close to what Colorado will come out. And like last year on their way to the Cup, they lost four games the entire way. So I see I see Colorado being very capable of repeating something like that this year, especially in the first round going up against Seattle. It's kind of like, no offense, Seattle, but for Colorado to be um, worried about Seattle, no, there's not a chance. They're, they're, Colorado's not stupid. They're not going to take them for granted. But they're going to come out and they're going to come out firing and they're going to come out firing really, really fast. And Seattle, you're just not going to you're not going to be able to keep up that. There's no goaltender in the back end for Seattle at all. This this team won enough games to make it to the playoffs because of their offense, not because of their defense. And Colorado is just going to they're just going to expose that stomp on it, pour salt all over it and move on. I mean, Listen, if you're a Seattle Kraken fan. Hell, second year in. Yeah, hundred point season. Be happy. I, I, again, we talked about it already. You got Matty Beneers. You got uh, uh, Shane Wright on the way. Um, if you want to look at it in any kind of a positive light, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. 
Just go in there. Yeah. Just go in there and just play hockey. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is a winning season no matter what. They they, they could get stomped, like ridiculously stomped <laughs> in this first round. And I mean like dummied, dummied. And and that team can walk away with their heads held, held yeah. high. It was a great season. Yep. I, I Listen, I didn't even have them in the playoffs. No, nope, not at I all. I thought this team was going nowhere. No. No way. And and again, that that's just second year in. You're continuing to build something here. Yeah. What, boom. Wild card, 100 points. So, listen, no matter what happens here in the first round, Seattle Kraken fans, you're, you're all good. You should be. You're all yeah. good. A- everything is fine and dandy. Great season. Lots to build on in the offseason. Lots of, of cap space. Lots of great players coming, coming uh, up and coming. Uh, from the, from the junior ranks, from your minor league system, things are good in Seattle. But you know, want more? Be upset that you're going to get ousted in the first round. Be upset that people are expecting you to get swept. Want more? Don't let that. Don't come. Don't become complacent with. Okay, well, we made it last year. Let's be happy. Like, no, no, no. no. Want more? Or like, try to go out there and 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 be you know a thorn in somebody's side. Absolutely, but just you know. Be realistic for now. <laughs> Congratulations on your trip to the playoffs. We'll see you next year. <laughs> now, speaking of the second newest team in the league, yeah, this is the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, we different on on this one too. I, I dude, this is we differ on this one as well. And listen, you know, may, maybe I just feel like you know a little bold here with some of my picks this year. I, whatever it is, but I've got Winnipeg in seven games. Wow. And yet again, yet again, it leans on the goaltending matchup. Okay, yeah. I'll be, I'll be, full transparency here. I, I think that in all reality, Vegas probably has a little bit of a deeper core forward wise, defense wise as well. From in all reality, if you're going up and down the lineup, I think Vegas has actually got both. It, dude, it was the goaltending to start the and and listen. Yes, I'm saying Winnipeg in seven, but guys, when it comes to predictions and your boy Mike over here, <laughs> it just hasn't been going very well at all over the past 12 months. Like at the start right. of the year, I had Vegas. I remember being on another podcast. I said Vegas and Seattle will not make the playoffs. <clears throat> Wrong on both counts. So listen, I, I could be way off my rocker here. Vegas could go in there and just spank Winnipeg. But I don't know. I just I like the way Winnipeg showed a lot of uh, mental fortitude because they went into that little spin there. I want to say just I think it was right around the trade deadline. Yeah. And they went from basically a team that we were thinking, geez, are they going to challenge for the conference to a team that and and when I say literally scratching and climb to get in the playoffs, I mean, literally. Yeah. Like, we're talking last day here, last two games. Like, they were right up against it with Calgary and Winnipeg. Yeah. So, big, big win against uh, Nashville to to basically solidify their place in the playoffs. So, again, this is another one of those teams that's been playing playoff hockey for a, a while here. You know, Vegas has been playing quite well. They haven't, like, had things sewn up here. They've had something to play for, holding off the Oilers and... Uh, some of the other Western teams for top spot. I don't know. I just get a feeling that 
Hellebuck could go on a bit of a run here, man. I, I, I mean, again, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see Hellebuck being the massive difference maker in this, just because there's again in Nets. I think it would be a different story had Logan Thompson stayed healthy the whole season. I think we'd be having a different conversation. Absolutely. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, and they did right by going out and getting quick. Uh, so you know the the trio of uh, quick Bressa and Hill, or they'll have to choose at that point. Because is Thompson going to be able to make any sort of a comeback during the playoffs? Do you know? I I don't think so. I I think that's I think Hill, Quick, and uh, Brossoir is what they're going to be going with here. I have to. I'll be honest with you. I'd have to double check that just to be sure. But if I do remember correctly, I don't think he's okay. available for that first round. He may be available as they move on if they can right. uh, through the playoffs here. But I and, and and you know what? Like they have what it takes. Yeah, I'm not saying that a guy like Quick or Brossois or for that matter Hill yeah. can't get the job done. It's just again for me when you start looking at the other side and who's over on the other side. You're talking about one of the elite goaltenders in the NHL. True. I understand that Winnipeg isn't this like world beater. Like they're not spoken in the same word as, you know, a Boston or Colorado or Edmonton or, or even Vegas for that matter, the team they're playing. But I don't know, man, that my Islanders one may have been a little bit more biased because <laughs> I like the Islanders, but this, this is one where I'm kind of planting you know, my foot in the sand here. And, and I think if, if Winnipeg can get some timely scoring and they've um, got the talent for it, know, they got Mark Shifley, they got Connors, they've got, uh, they Nicole do Ehlers. Oh, not well, as deep, injured, not as like, deep, maybe not. Um, but they, they could definitely hold their own. Um, you know, when you look at yes. Vegas's team, they're not necessarily deep either. They're just solid. Uh, and they, and they play that system well, and they, they know each other. They like, you know, there could be a blind pass and they'll know exactly who's behind them. That kind of thing where everything clicks for Vegas very, very well, because they're good at being a team. And it's not to suggest that Winnipeg isn't, it's just for Winnipeg, you kind of need one of their stars. Like a, again, a Shifley or a Connors or O'Connor, sorry, or, um, Ehlers, or maybe even a Pierre-Luc Dubois. They need to stand out in order to make it work. Whereas Vegas always does very well working as a team. And, you know, Stone is coming back from uh, from his injury. He'll be available. Eichel is still there. Um, and you've got a couple other players, but Vegas is the, the complete team. And Winnipeg can be at times, uh, but mostly, especially in the playoffs, they're going to need some players to stand on their heads, predominantly Hellebuck and maybe one of their fours. It's going to be an interesting series. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I... Vegas, as in my eyes, Vegas has defied the odds this year. Like, I, I really got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I know some of the players they have. Your Stones, your Eichel. Like, I, I get all that. I just, whenever I knew Laner was not going to be available. And Thompson, great job last year. We talked about it in the first year of the podcast. Talked about it leading into this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, great numbers. Just too small of a sample size for me. Yeah. Well, he proved me wrong. Played extremely well when he when he was healthy. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I just the goaltending may prove me wrong again here, Marty. But my lord, I I just I, I feel like you know the, the clock is going to strike midnight here. I, I, if I can put it any other way, I, I just I think it, luck's going to run out a little bit here. Now, having said that. I mean, you, you've got a motivated Jack Eichel here. 
I mean, uh-huh. this is his first playoff series ever. Yeah. So you got some you got some intangibles that are that are involved yeah. there. But you know what? This this will be one I think you and I will both uh, be keeping our eyes on, in particular because we decided to go in yeah. different directions. But but this is another series that, um, you know, it, it it kind of gives me that feeling a little bit of the Boston and and, and the Florida like. Winnipeg kind of almost shouldn't be around, <laughs> so to speak, but got in, and they 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 may have something that they can they can work with, but we'll we'll, we'll wait yeah. and see. Next ten days yeah. will give us our answer here of how this yeah. goes, but uh, you know, we'll 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 see how this plays out, and we'll see. Wow, yeah, and Mike's got Winnipeg in seven, and I got Vegas in six, just for the record there. So, uh, but yeah, well, it's we're obviously feeling it's somewhat similar, just a. a by the end of the by the end of this particular uh, this particular uh, tilt, I'm going Vegas. You're going Winnipeg, but I do. It has a potential to go either way. I think you're right. Uh, moving on to Dallas. Oh, sorry. What and ah and? No, no. I was just gonna, I, no. I was just going to move that right there over to Dallas. At another great yeah, series, this is, man. Yeah, Dallas and Minnesota. This is one of those. It's another one where, quite frankly, it can go either way too. Um, but uh, I kind of put this one in, in the same category as the Jersey Rangers series, where this one should be great. Both have stellar goaltending, both have stellar offense abilities, uh, great lines one through three. Uh, Minnesota was playing awesome hockey leading into the playoffs, and this was even without um, Kaprasov, I believe, for the better part of the uh, like the last two weeks. He was injured for the last two weeks, something like that, right? I know he came back, I think, the last two games. But uh, he, he was out for a while, but it showed what this team was capable of doing, and they actually kind of rallied together really, really well. Um, but something tells me there's just injuries to the Stars' dressing room. Um, I, I, maybe a little bit of overachieving for some of the players too, like Jamie Benn and, and Pavelski as well, who both had really good, um, really good seasons this year. But I don't know. I, I do think a little bit, a little bit of that is that that I think that's over now that the playoffs are starting it's going to be a little bit different for both of those players and a couple of other players so I think everyone's going to come back down to earth and I think in the end I think Mini comes out on top uh in in six games predominantly because and I don't think it's going to be Flurry who's going to win it for them I think it's going to be Gustafson so that's kind of where I'm feeling well I first and foremost I have to say I was quite surprised at your selection here <laughs> um knowing how uh, how high you are on some of the Dallas Stars players? Uh, yeah. I know that you're a big fan of uh, you know a guy like Robertson. Robertson I know yes. you're a huge fan of Ottinger, yes. huge fan. So I was quite surprised that you didn't lean Dallas. Um, I will wholeheartedly agree with you. This is close to another Pickham series here. Um, I do like Dallas in seven games. Um, the biggest part again, goaltending. I do think they have a little bit of an edge there, um, but I, I I just I really like the way this team has played this year, is currently playing. If I'm not mistaken, they were what was it? I think it's they on a six game win streak. I think to end the year. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not 100 sure, but they went on a nice little run here to end the year. I just think they have all the pieces with with the transition that has been made there. That first line of Hints, uh, Pavelski, and uh, Robertson, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's the yep. first line. I mean, outside of Pavelski, who's a little bit of a gray beard, but still playing great hockey at yeah. his age. You've got that line there. You've got um, Ben. You've got Sege. 
Uh, you got a guy like Max Domi that can you can throw in on that third line there now. They got Mason Marchment, big bot. I, I, my point here is I think they have all of the ingredients, every last bit of ingredient that you need. You got Miro Heiskanen on the back end, so you have an elite defenseman can skate the puck. Um, again, Ottinger and Nets. Yeah. I, I just think true. I, I think this team is primed to make a deep run. I, I really do. I could see Dallas in the conference finals. I, I really could. I just think the makeup of this team, I think they have everything that they need. Uh, you know, going across the board here, they were seventh in offense, third in defense, fifth in pe- uh, power play, third in penalty kill. So the metrics are showing really well for you. Like you, you're, you're doing well, you're top 10 in all of, all of the important categories. Um, you know, you've got, uh, I mean, what uh, Robertson, I believe hit over a hundred points uh, this year. And I believe he was one of the 50 goal scorers this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't know. You just, I just got a really good feeling about these guys. And it, this isn't one of those feelings I had about <laughs> like I did with the Islanders. This, this is, this is this is a real real top end team. Um, have been there all year, and and, and I just I, I think they got what what it takes to 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 deal with uh, Minnesota. Um, I think there may be a, they got a little bit more punch on offense. As a matter of fact, a lot if you're going off of the numbers. Um, yeah, I don't know, and 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 that goaltending to me for for Minnesota, you got two decent goaltenders. Yep. But to me, that sometimes is a bit of a problem. You know what I'm saying? It could be. Like, you, you got to have the guy. You, like, you have to have the guy. And, and if and if I'm being honest, I I agree with you. I think it should be Gustafson that yeah. starts the series. Yeah. But he will not. No. But he will not start the series. It will be Marc-Andre Fleury. If for nothing else, pedigree and the reason why you even kept them yeah exactly was because of this yeah so i mean it would take a lot of balls uh and and you know what i certainly hope they have them <laughs> uh, i mean i i i hope you know i hope dean evison says no gustin's going game 1 yeah good yeah he's the better goaltender he is he's shown you all year i don't like i mean he, this league the parity in this league is so close mm. anymore you have to go with what's the hot hand uh, who got you there? Yeah. However you want to word it. Yeah. It's. I mean, it, it it will be an interesting series to say the least. I think Dallas will come on, on out on top in seven. All right. I again, like it's it one of those series where it's so close. Anytime you get to the realm of like everyone's agreeing that it's going to be six or seven games, it could literally go either way. So when you get into that realm, it, it, it's it's yeah, it, it's any it's any guess. There's there's no one thing that's going to separate these two teams. It's going to be a, possibly a, con- a combination of a few things, or possibly just the puck bouncing uh, in the opposite direction for for one team over another. So and and sometimes that's all you need to move on to the next round. It's just a little bit of luck. And I'm not talking even about the, the next, next I'm not talking, I'm not even talking about this one. I'm not, I'm not doing it. You're not. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this right I, now. Let me just I, say this all season long. It's been proven that we have jinx potential and I'm not doing any of it. I'm not doing a single damn thing. This is the best this team has looked in years. Uh, we've got a real shot and I'm not seeing anything else. I'm about to go off on the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. First and foremost, let's get it out of the way. Edmonton in six games. 
Okay. Okay. Kind of wanted to lean five, if I'm being real honest with you. But that Los Angeles team has really kind All of season long. stuck their nose in it th- this yeah. year. I really thought this team was going to kind of drop off, and I'm going to give them a little bit of kudos, and I'm going to give them a couple of games. Having said <laughs> that, I do feel the Edmonton Oilers will make it to the conference final. I- I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. The biggest caveat for me, for them to get there, and it will start in the first round. I'm going to need Stuart Skinner to play like Stuart oh, Skinner. Man. And and all that is is exactly what he's given me this yep. year. Marty, Marty, we have talked about this to exhaustion. <laughs> all this team needs is a goaltender just to make that one key save. Yeah. Just to give me some Give me slightly above average goaltending, and in the playoffs, give me a little bit better than that. You know what I mean? Like, give me a oh, little yeah. bit more punch, and that's all. I, and that's all I need. I don't need him to be a world beater. I already have two of them up front, and I got one on. I've got one on defense now too. Yeah, he may not be flashy points wise. He may not be flashy points wise, but defensively, defensively. Ekholm is going to be a yes. monster. Just watch. He, this, this. Hey, we remember some of those Nashville series, okay? And he may not be putting up five points a night, but he'll knock you the fuck out. He'll keep the puck out. So, hey, Edmonton is primed here, okay? Like, oh, God. they are primed. Oh. I honestly, ah. I, I honestly, I, I, rem- I remember they were kind of sitting in that third they were kind of toiling around with a, a wild card and i just said to myself you know what they're not going to do this no. <laughs> but they live they literally from that yeah. point on basically that point on they literally went off oh yeah they went off on the nhl guys we're talking about a team that bettered the boston bruins yeah. over i want to say about the second half of the season as far back as even maybe sometime in February. It was February, January 11th. Whenever. <laughs> there you I go. have that stat. <laughs> even, even better. Yeah. Even better. January 11th yeah. and yeah. on. The Edmonton Oilers were the best team in the National yeah. Hockey League. So, and they filled in the gaps that they needed to fill in. Most notably, they got their horse. So, to me, Edmonton is ready to do this. They're ready to do it with Skinner. Jack Campbell is is nowhere to be found here, no. folks. Okay, this guy grab grab some bench, bud, because you ain't getting off <laughs> no. of it. Like this is Stuart Skinner's team in the in yes. the playoffs. Okay, so to me, the Oilers, I've got everything they need here. They're they can be a physical team. We all know what they can do in regards to speed, scoring, like all all that's very very evident. I mean, McDavid, that was never the question. That was never the season. question in Edmonton. It wasn't about that. It was about figuring never. out how do we keep the puck out of the net. And quite frankly, Stuart Skinner having the season he has in fifty games, twenty nine wins, fourteen losses, one shutout, but a two seventy five and nine fourteen. This is all Edmonton has ever needed. I got to keep my mouth shut. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. It, it, it's all. Hey, listen. It, it, it's all good. That's exactly what they need. 
and they finally have gotten it for the better part of the second half of the season. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Like, like, like this. You know what? It, I, I gotta say, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm the exact opposite. I'm feeling pretty fucking cocky. I don't right want now. to be. I don't. I want to be, but I'm I don't want to be. I don't want to fall for it. You know what I mean? Listen, l- l- let's let's go over let's go over some some stuff here. So Edmonton's first in goals for for the year. All right, they're seventeenth in goals against, but we gotta remember, Ekholm doesn't show up until the end of February. Okay, so first in power play, historic, historic power play, penalty kill not so great, twentieth, but I'm sorry. If my power play is going to do what I think it should do, that's going to cancel anything out in regards to the penalty kill. Yeah. Like, if if I'm the Los Angeles Kings and any other team that's going to play the Edmonton Oilers in the, in the course of these playoffs, A, you better be a disciplined hockey team because if you're not, this could get ugly and it could get ugly in a hurry. Okay? Mm. I mean, look at the, look at the unit that they can that first power play unit that the others can put out there. Oh. Like guy. Three three one hundred point players. Throw in a ninety point player. Oh, but this is what <laughs> like and this is what I'm saying. And, and and let's just say for our and 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 I know they won't do this because they'll put all three of them on the first but let's say you put Nuge on the second yeah. power play unit. You have a one hundred point score yeah. on a second power play yeah. unit. Hello. Like so to me the Oilers will be fine in the first round. <clears throat> No issues in six. And I really, really think this team has what it takes to make a long <sighs> run. And I think conference finals is, I, I think in my eyes, it kind of goes without saying in all reality. Are there going to be some really, really tough matchups moving along here? Yeah, because I do, like I said, I think your your Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche are making it into the second round. Like, they're going to they're gonna end up against some tough... But the, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, this is what you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is what you 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 want. Like, I, I mean, hell, the Los Angeles Kings are no pushover. So let's go. Like, this is the team that 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 brought you to a seven game series yeah. last year, kind of pushed you around a little bit. Hey, let, let's get back at them again this year. And who, if I'm an if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I, I want all the juggernauts. Like, give me give me all of them. Let's do yeah. this. Like it's time. It's time. It's time right now. Mc, you know, McDavid, Drysital, new, every everything lined up for you. Everything's this year. clicking. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You got you, even Evander Kane. Nobody's talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's talking about this guy, and he is arguably your. I'll call him your biggest. Um, he's the most playoff uh, player that you have on that club. Yeah. That's true. Like just phys- physicality, that kind of playoff hockey. He's your guy. Yeah. And nobody's talking about him. What's that? Somebody wants to start running around, start hitting. Okay. No problem. Well, guess what Evander Kane's gonna do? Yeah. yeah, no problem. You want to hit my stars? Well, guess who I'm guess who's coming after? And this uh, and he's a big yeah. boy. Yeah, you don't fuck around Kane. He's a big boy. Yeah. So for me, Marty, I mean, I'll say everything that needs to be said about the Oilers. I think I think this is the year that they're really, really going to start making some strides here. And what I mean by that, guys, is I think they, I think they get to the conference final, and I do think that that Edmonton could 
<laughs> somebody, somebody would have to start. If I'll say it this way, Marty. If that power play, and, and I don't expect the power play to click at like 32.5% or 32.4%, whatever yeah. it is, for the playoffs. But if the Edmonton Oilers can do what they did this season, or basically like they did this season on the power play, the only thing that stops that club is somebody, somebody who has the penalty kill to be able to deal yeah. with that. And, and, the only, and, and the only thing that comes to mind would be the Colorado Avalanche. And the reason I say that is skating ability. Byram, Makar, mm-hmm. Devin Taze, very, very mobile. Yeah. There's three of your top 60, very mobile. And, and, and as we all know, I think McDavid has actually had a, the most trouble. Well, one of the players he has the most trouble against is a Makar. Yeah, that's true. But it's because he can't get away from him speed-wise. Yeah. He he can't he can't so now he's having to use his skills yeah. the skills that he's built over his career so it will be interesting to see but man I, I don't know man I I really have a feeling that this is a this is the one here for for Edmonton I'll leave it at that yeah I can't I'm not I'm not doing it I don't want to do anything I don't wanna, I'm not saying no that's I'll fine. talk in the second round if they make it to the second round. And, but okay. for now, I'm out. Okay. I, I cannot do it. My heart is so excited. But yeah, it's been proven time and time again this year that I have the ability to um, jinx things pretty well. So I'm I'm not putting prediction. I'm not saying anything. The Oilers could lose in four. Um, so I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> so so with that, then we will move on to our last segment of the evening, beauties. Yeah. And the beast. And Marty, since you didn't say too much (laughs) about the Oilers, let's go to your beauties. So basically mine this year was this year. Wow. For this week, I, I kind of just did something a little bit differently. I I feel that goaltending is kind of a big story this year for the playoffs. So I kind of stuck to um, some of the goalies that are going to stick out the most for their teams. So right off the top, Edmonton, Stuart Skinner. He's found his game. Unfortunately for the Oilers, uh, we cannot afford for him to lose it, though. So there's zero trust in Campbell, right? So he himself seems to have figured things out, Campbell, that is, but it doesn't really matter. This At the end of the day, this is his team. So this team will go as far as Stuart Skinner goes. So I, I think, Mike, you actually already touched on it enough, and, and I've and again, I'm, I'm trying to not to say not to say too, too much, but I do like Skinner's numbers overall this season. I do think this is who he is. I know small sample size, but I do still believe in him. Um, and I don't want to jinx anything else, so I'm going to leave it at that. Stuart Skinner will take the Oilers as far as they want to go, or as far as they can go. Uh, with him, uh, without him, I, I don't. I don't know about the Oilers, but anyways, ah, I'm so scared to say something. <laughs> I've already said too much. Okay, moving on. Ily- Ilya Samsonov. Okay, so it's unfair. This whole situation is unfair on him. Uh, not that Samsonov didn't know what he was getting uh, once he signed in in, uh, in Toronto, knowing full well what Matt Murray <laughs> is capable of doing in terms of uh, getting injured. Uh, so he knew what he was getting into, and I think that's part of that might have been part of the lure for him too, because he kind of saw an opportunity to essentially become the number one, especially in the playoffs. And sure enough, here they are. So I do think he can take them as far as they need to go. I do think he's got that ability. He's always been a very good, trustworthy goalie. He's got moments up and down, but I think he genuinely really wants to do well for Toronto. Uh, I kind of saw that when in a couple of interviews when he just signed in Toronto and the excitement that was in his eyes. 
he loves the opportunity there. And I think he, again, one-year contract, right? So he's got a lot kind of riding on this. So I think if he can, I think he's really going to push himself to be the best goalie he has ever been in his life uh, for this moment. This is his moment. And uh, I do think he comes out on top. I think this is a perfect situation for him to prove his worth. And I think he'll get there. I think he's, what, 26? Uh, lots of time for him to kind of put things in the right place. But I think he's got it going on. And I do have trust All in him. All good. And you know what? With Samsonov, he's earned it. Yes. I mean, he's flat out earned it this year there. He was obviously the better goaltender, obviously the one that could stay healthy as well. That helps. But, I mean, let's see how healthy he is here to start off this series. Yeah, because much like Edmonton, Toronto doesn't have uh, the luxury of going back to another goalie. I know Murray, I think there was some positive news out later, but who's kidding who here? Putting Murray in nets is like putting Campbell in nets, so there's not much trust there at all. Um, so moving on next Carolina, Peter. So now I, again, I mentioned this before they called him up and I do think Frederick Anderson gets, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll respectfully get the nod, but I do think it ends up in Peter's, uh, court at uh, court at some point. Um, because at the end of the day, Anderson is a gigantic question mark in terms of both skill and, uh, health. I don't really know. I don't know if Carolina fans has mu- have much faith in him right now. Um, so I, and I do know that they're very excited about the potential of what Peter does bring. So I think that's where we end up with Carolina is that he ends up with the bulk of it and ends up riding. And I, that's why I was kind of comparing him to J.S. Jaguar. It's kind of one of those seasons where it's like this young, uh, this young kid comes in and kind of saves the day for them. Um, and then I think he does this uh, for them in the playoffs. So I do see this as being a great opportunity for him. And I, I think he has the ability to kind of snatch it up and run with it. So I look at him as being kind of the difference maker for Carolina over there. I mean, Carolina, it's going to be interesting. It'll be an interesting series just with the goalies alone, right? Like, like I mean, you got Antti Ranta who's starting tonight. Yeah. And, and, and here I am, you know, picking the Islanders in seven. <laughs> Aho has already scored and made it oh, one nothing. Oh, and like, go. okay, go. everything's anyway. fine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So yeah, every, everything's going as per. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, they certainly have their goaltender in the future, and hopefully, uh, this is a goaltender that can uh, stay healthy. Yeah. So we will we will see as we move forward in his career. Yeah. Um, I mean, o- overall, the team's actually in great shape, yeah. uh, net mining wise. Uh, the only issue is they just it's forever kind of a guessing game, right? Every two, three games. Exactly. That's a problem playing. No, no, nobody ever goes on like a, you know, eight out of 10 games or, you know, 15 out of the 20 or 22 games or whatever, uh, kind of a run. So it's too bad that way. But I I do think that Kachikov is probably uh, their goalie of the future. He certainly has played that way. Kachikov. Okay. That's easy to say. Kachikov. Not bad. eh? Not bad. So yeah, they're in, they're in good shape, and 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 I wouldn't be surprised that he sees some uh, some playoff time just like he did Absolutely. last year. Uh, and then I'm going to end with, and so this is not necessarily Beauty's and the Beast situation. I'm not trying to suggest that this is the Beast of it all, uh, but Flurry and Gustafson. And now we did talk about this earlier. I, in my heart, and I think you kind of live there too, Gustafson. This is his team. But at the end of the day, you didn't go out and make sure you had Flurry around just to sit him on the bench. Uh, you will start Flurry. You will play Flurry as long as you can. Um, but when push comes to shove, this is make no mistake. Next year, this is all Gus, and he will do very, very well. He is the better goalie of the two. But there's playoff Flurry, right? There's something about playoff Flurry that does still exist. Mm-hmm. There is a lure there, and it's well earned. Um, 
have we seen the last of it? We'll find out. Um, but I, if you ask me that question right now and I had to give you an answer, my answer would be yes, I do think we've seen the last of it. I think Fleury will start two games. They won't go very well for him at all. And then you'll throw Gustafson. And then if Minnie is destined to do anything, it'll be on the backs of Gustafson the rest of the way. So that's kind of where I'm living with that one. The That particular series will come down to one of those two goalies, though. I mean, I fully agree with the statement. I mean, Gustafson is definitely got to be your guy in my, my personal opinion. It just sucks that that really won't be the way it's going to be playing out, especially with Fleury, the pedigree that he's had uh, throughout his yeah. career and just the the circumstances um, in which you, you kept the player. I mean, this yeah. is the reason why you went and signed him to a couple of year, uh, two-year yeah. deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, again, super interesting series coming up in the first round. The first round always tends to be that most interesting yeah. anyway. You just never know how it's going to kind of how it's going to play out, how it's going to yeah. go. But uh, we'll, we will certainly see in the next few weeks. Um, in regards to my beauties, uh, the first one would be Alex Lyon. Oh, yeah. Uh, backup, backup, back goaltender of the <laughs> Florida Panthers. He comes out of nowhere, of course, with, uh, as Marty mentioned earlier in the program, uh, Spencer Knight uh, with the um, uh, player assistance program. And towards the end of the year here, Borowski, uh kind of going down with an, an illness of sorts uh certainly put uh put Alex Lyon into the uh, spotlight and he played very very well uh I mean the guy had a 6 uh the end of this year was a 6-0 run with 1.1.50 goals against average and a 956 save percentage so I mean in all reality he's kept the Panthers in the playoff situation um obviously you just want to ride the hot streak with this guy I mean you know, basically a journeyman, right? Who's just kind of gotten himself onto a hot streak. But you know what? He's the guy who got you yep. there. He's the, he's the guy that should be, in my eyes anyway, you should at least be playing him in game one and just going yeah. from there. So, I mean, just wanted to give uh, Alex Lyon a little kudos here towards the end of the year because I certainly do not think that the Florida Panthers are in the playoffs if not for that player. Um, second up, Alex Georgiev. We talked about him a little bit earlier on this year. Uh, you know, like I mentioned to you, you know, at the end of the year, you kind of go over some numbers and you just start, you know, picking some things out here on uh, NHL.com, going over some stuff uh, on cap friendly and everything. And, you know, another another surprise for me, along with that Seattle 100 point season is Georgia have hitting 40 yeah. wins. I mean, guy hits over 40 win over 41 seniors ranked sixth in save percentage in the league 13th in goals against average he's had the fifth most shots against them this year um you know we, avalanche probably want to be a little bit tighter defensively going into the playoffs here but i mean obviously they found their guy yeah i mean they went out and signed him to a three-year deal at the beginning of the year um you know obviously sakic uh saw something maybe that some fantasy managers didn't see right away um, and maybe he had information that we didn't have right away Possibly. either, uh, seeing as seeing as uh, Pavel Francouz really didn't challenge Georgiev in any way, shape, or form like many of us thought uh, he would. Uh, so Georgiev comes away with a great fantasy season. Um, Scott totally benefited from that uh, from the start of the year till the end. Yep. This guy... Eight and two in his last 10, uh, 10 games played, 2.2 goals against average, a 9.28 save percentage. I mean, obviously, really encouraging going into the postseason, building his own confidence as well as the team. I mean, this guy, you know, comes out of uh, out of New York from a backup role, 
he's got a fair bit of pressure on him. I mean, you know, they gave him the three-year deal, so they're kind of basically saying, you know, you're, you're somewhat the guy yeah. here. Uh, you know, ob- obviously it wasn't a massive AAV that if if things didn't work out and Francis does, does take the number one, it's not going to kill you, per se. Right. But uh, but, he cert- but he certainly came in and, and, and uh, you know, basically grabbed the reins and, and, and ran with it. I mean, as soon as Francis had that first injury, I, I think it was pretty much curtains from there for yeah. him. Uh, George have just played that well, and I can't see where that's going to change uh, in the playoffs here. And he's certainly going to be a uh, if if Scott for whatever reason doesn't keep him on his <laughs> team, that's certainly going to be a hot commodity uh, come uh, come the fantasy drafts uh, as well. Yeah. So you know, good on him, Alex Georgiev coming out of New York takes over the number one role, gets himself a forty win nice. season. Uh, next up, Casey Middlestad. It's taken a little bit of time for the eighth overall pick from 2017, but he's certainly starting to find it out here. He had a really good second half of the year. I don't have actual numbers for you in the second half, but uh, towards the end of the year here, he was playing on that line with Skinner and Tuck while uh, Thompson was injured. And, hey, things look pretty good there too. So this is a guy, I think, that just came into the league a little bit too early. Um, you know, the team wasn't exactly great around him. There's a lot more talent around uh, around the dressing room now. So, yeah. you know, not not that bad of a year when you really think about it here, too. I mean, it's not the flashiest of the points, but in 78 games, Middlestad had 12 goals and 41 assists for 53 points. So, you know, that's something really solid to build on. Minus 10 out there in Buffalo, you know, they're still trying to build something out there. Mm-hmm. He's playing about 15 and a half minutes uh, a night. So, you know, definitely the type of player that I would have to imagine somebody's probably going to snag here uh you know anywhere i would say after the sixth round in particular in our league um i i I could certainly see somebody taking a gamble there i mean if he can ever i mean i know that first line is kind of written in stone tough one to break yeah skinner thompson a little bit tough to break but i will say though that there's there's i mean you got cousins down there too right so yeah. cousins and middlestad on the same line it wouldn't be the worst thing no. although the, i do believe they're both centermen um uh-huh. but either way it's been a great year nice little bounce back um i, I you don't want to say it's that massive breakout year but this is definitely some some sort of breakout year for middlestad i mean 53 points is nothing to sneeze at so no. um there's my third uh, my third beauty as for my beast, and I kind of touched on it just a little bit earlier in the program, and I do want to preface all of this by saying his yearly totals are not that bad. They're pretty good considering the amount of games he played. <laughs> but when it comes, fantasy hockey can be pretty cutthroat, right? So when you get down to your fantasy playoffs, you're expecting a guy like a Sebastian Ajo to, to produce yeah. flat out. And his end of season wasn't so hot i mean in 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 the last two weeks of this of the season basically they played roughly eight games and he walked away with three goals and an assist now you know for a lot of players that'd be pretty awesome but i know me personally with my fantasy team i'm hoping that this player is about a point of game player so he was nowhere near what he should be in particular at the most important time of the year for your fantasy playoffs. I, I mean, I, again, I go back to the yearly stats aren't so bad. 72 games playing. The guy scored 35 goals. Yep. 30 assists for 65 points. But when you're used to seeing an 80 next to his name when it comes to point totals for the yeah. year, 
there's been some sort of a drop off. And this is kind of where I go back to the Sveshnikov offense, maybe a little disjointed. Um, we'll see again, probably more of a loving with my Islanders than anything else. But <laughs> having said, having said that I Sebastian Ajo is my beast, uh, my, uh, my beast for the end of the year here. Um, it was it was a tough go here the last two or three weeks with this player, and uh, I'm I like I said before I'm sure he cost uh, a few GMs their uh, their championship for sure. I would say so, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but it's still deservingly because, like you said, like his entire career he's basically been a lot closer to a point a game. He's not that far off. He's seven games below, but yeah something fell off there and not sure why um because his numbers his time on ice didn't necessarily drop off so not sure what happened there but maybe they just didn't need it as much as the years past but who knows but he's he's off to a good start right now he's got that goal already um so they're uh do better do do better sea bass let's go buddy let's go (laughs) and there it is number oh man two four it's a two four Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G A L A G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.